Hey friends, does your faith feel more like an obligation than a loving relationship? Our guest today says that leaving performance-based Christianity behind and knowing Jesus is the secret to life that will change you because it changed him. You're listening to Halfway There, episode number 323, John Fugler and Ditching Performance Christianity. Welcome back to Halfway There. This is the show where we have honest conversations with ordinary Christians about today's Christian experience. I'm so excited that you are here uh, and that you get to you're going to listen to this episode and that we get to have this conversation together. I always think about it, even though I'm having this conversation with our guests. You're part of it, and I hope you're asking questions and talking to your earbuds or whatever and asking those questions because we, the Holy Spirit, it connects us all even if it's across time. And I think that's kind of cool. So I'm glad you're here. Uh, if you are able, you, when you enjoy the show, go ahead and just text it or share with a friend. Tell somebody. It's the best compliment you can give us. And then if you want to support the show financially, you know how to do that. Hit Go to halfwaytherepodcast.com. Hit that Patreon button. Uh, thanks to those of you who do it. It really means so much to us. Our guest today, I'm, I'm excited to have this conversation. And I just realized I'm a little, uh, I should be probably a little bit uh, self-conscious because he's a radio guy, but that's okay. He, he's, a, he's a writer and a speaker and he's been in Christian broadcasting and missions and publishing and all that. Our guest is John Fugler. John, welcome to Halfway There. Oh, thanks, Eric. Good to be with you. You know, <laughs> we're kind of alike here. We both have our red sweaters on. What's the story here? Yeah, right. <laughs> I, I don't... It's just what I had on today. It was, it was the right thing. So <laughs> we should be on TV. <laughs> That's right. That's good. Uh, I love it. Well, good. Thanks for being here, John. We were just talking about how uh, my episode on your show just came out. So I'll be sure to tag that in the show notes. I was grateful that you had me on to share a little bit of my story. And now it's my turn to ask you a few questions. I gave a really broad brush introduction to you, but tell us a little more about kind of who you are and where God has you right at this moment. Oh, sure. Boy, uh, I'm a radio guy, so I should get it done in 60 seconds, right? I should know how to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Which is awesome. I've been in Christian radio for all my adult life, started as a director of radio with Campus Crusade for Christ, now crew, and uh, then started a number of Christian radio stations along the coast of California. Um, loved that, uh, made the transfer to missions, and missions media, especially radio, with Reach Beyond, planting radio stations around the world and now serve as the chief content officer of Transworld Radio, where we reach over 4 billion people uh, within the sound of our radio signals around the world, over 300 languages uh, of the gospel. So uh, that's my professional um, journey. And then uh, to just personally, uh, my wife and I have been married 43 years, 44 coming up in just a few days when this releases and nice. uh, we've got uh, three kids and nine grandchildren. So we're keeping that's busy. fun. Um, yeah. And so that's, that's kind of cool. And I uh, host the podcast overcoming performance Christianity and I head up a ministry called fresh faith 24 seven, where we release uh, you from the bondage of performance Christianity. If that sounds like you, well, we can help you out. I love that. I'm sure we'll talk a lot about that, but I, cause I know that that's part of your journey, right? Is, is getting over that kind of performance Christianity. Yes. Yes, indeed. And I'll tell you, it's tough. It's tough when you've lived a certain way for so long, you can't just at the snap of a finger change. I mean, the Holy spirit works in us. He changes us, Yeah. but in, in most cases it takes time as God develops new habits, new mindset, 
Um, as we learn to yield to him, I think that's the biggest thing about change. Are we going to really yield to Christ over the long term? And that's the way it was for me and being uh, released into freedom from the bondage that I experienced in performance Christianity. Yeah. Amen. Okay. Well, I want to hear about that. So, because I don't think you're alone, right? You're not the only one who is struggling with this. I think perhaps a lot of what we're seeing in American evangelicalism right now with the deconstruction movement, and I've talked to people going through that who've gone through that. It's one of the reasons I started this show is because I knew that season of the spiritual journey is part of the journey. And I want people to know that there's light on at the end of that tunnel. Uh, But I think it's all related to this, right? That idea of performance Christianity and people know it's not authentic and they know it's not leading them to Jesus. Yeah. You know, we, we do this Christian living thing and the longer we do it, uh, the more we get ingrained into, to habits and mindsets. And, you know, when I, when I, what I call performance Christianity is really what it is, is that we're equating the quality or quantity of our performance for God to the health of our relationship with him. So the longer we perform yeah. for God and the more we do, we think, man, my relationship with God is, is good because the performance is going well. My service for him is going well. And so that leads to a pretty uh, a dry, up and down, um, cold relationship with the Lord, even resentful after a while. And then we we put our head up and we go, what is going on here? What's going on? I don't yeah. understand what's happening. Right. And that's actually kind of common, right? And throughout history. So we'll talk about that maybe. Um, all right, John. So take me back into your story. That's what I want to do. Go back into your story. Uh, where where'd you grow up? Where are you from? I grew up in upstate New York. Rochester, New oh, York, yeah. right off uh, nice. Lake Ontario, where I guess is this releasing? It's probably snowing in Rochester right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In so January, you can count on it. <laughs> that's right. I believe that. Uh, you know what? It's so funny. This is what I love about my show. Sometimes I, I go through seasons where I talk to people from certain areas, and I just had Peter Englert on, who was uh, who is up there in Rochester. Is he still so there? That's, he is. Yeah, he's a pastor there. <laughs> Poor guy. No, <laughs> right. He's following God's call. Yes. Well, I'll tell you, when it's, I grew up there, there was very little biblical Christianity. I mean, interesting. Okay. Absolutely, it was about as dry as dry could be. And I came to Christ after uh, going to a church which really wasn't biblical. And uh, I was invited to hear a college football coach speak because I was an athlete growing up and I love sports and played football and uh, baseball, especially. But our college, our high school football coach invited us to hear a college football coach speak out in the, a country church outside Rochester, New York on a cold January night, dark night. And I went to hear him talk about football and he tricked us. He talked about Nicodemus and how to be born again, John chapter three. <laughs> <laughs> and that was, was that the first time you ever heard the gospel? It really was. Well, yeah, it's the first time. I can't say it was the first time it was spoken to me, but it's the first time I really heard it. And yeah. God just, this Holy spirit drew me in. And I was, I was a kid in the back row who, um, the sh- and I'm an introvert. So I was sitting in the back row. I'm shy, but I, I went forward right to the front of the church when they had the altar call and who wanted to be born again. And I I was the one who went forward and knowing little about what I was doing, except uh, thinking, no, if, 
if God can accept me for who I am, so can I. And I went forward. Uh, and that night I gave my life to the Lord, January 7th, 1973. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, so we're talking interesting... about 50 years ago, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Almost to the day. <laughs> anyway. Okay. So the football coach tricks you a little bit and you're like, okay, give your life to Christ. You hear the gospel and you're like all about it. What happens then? So what do you go, you know, what happens? Do you get some, somebody follow up with you? You get some discipleship? What happens? My follow-up consisted of them taking me into the side room, giving me a Bible and said, spend at least five minutes a day reading this. Read this. Yeah. And that was it. That's all I remembered. I'm sure they told me some more. So I left there. And as the good athlete that I am, I was faithful to do my spiritual workout and, and read the Bible five minutes a day. So while it's probably the worst thing he could have told me to get me going in my faith, because I'm a doer and I was going to do that like an athlete, it's what really kept me in the game. Without the word, I think I probably would have fallen away, but I was constantly being fed. And at the same time, it was also feeding my performance lifestyle. So I just jumped into Christianity with a performance mentality. Oh, yeah. Okay. I'm glad you made that connection because I hadn't made it yet. As an athlete, you were a performer anyway. Yes. Right. You, yes. This was your personality. You're like, okay, I'm going to go out and I'm going to throw the ball as many times as I have to do it to get the, to get it right and get it perfect and do it that way every time. Yep. Yep. And, and so I understand and you that. Apply, you applied that mentality to your faith because they said, hey, read this every day. You're like, okay, that's what I got to do. I'm going to do it. Yeah. And, and from there, uh, it was a really a couple of years before I had good follow-up and discipleship when I got into college and, you know, I learned to have a quiet time, learn how to share my faith and all these things you do because good Christians do those things. <laughs> I did them and did them well. So one after another, reading all the, the great Bible studies and being in a small group and mm -hmm. discipleship and all of that. So I was, I was just eating this thing up as far as how to do Christianity. Yeah, that's amazing. And so you were, you were kind of doing it. So you were doing the Bible studies. Did you have mentors? Did you have like moments? And were you happy with that? With yeah, that? I, I think I was. I, and I did have mentors, um, uh, had great, uh, men that discipled me and walked with me and showed me how to do this and spent time with me. So that was good. And I don't want to say that it was, it was all a bad thing because I really did grow in my faith. It was really solid those first few years, especially yeah. a couple of years, was like after being so dry after I came to Christ, because there was no real strong follow-up to have somebody take me under their wing was when I heard, <laughs> I remember going to an intervarsity meeting when I was a freshman, I saw, I saw the schedule and I showed up because they're having an ice cream social. So I went to the first meeting. I said, food. Yep. I'll be there. <laughs> um, Let's go. But then the, it said, okay, next week we're going to talk about quiet time. And I'm thinking, Oh, what's that? So that they're, they're going to teach us how to be quiet. Is that really what they're going to do? I, I really had no idea what a quiet time was. And then they taught us how to have a quiet time, how to get into the word, how to pray, um, how to grow in Christ. So that was my first exposure. To, that's how little I knew when they took me under their wing. Wow. And you were already like kind of doing some of that, but they were, they were, they told you how to really do it. Yeah. 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 Exactly. That's really fascinating. Okay. So 
I, I love this idea that you applied your performances of values kind of to your faith and you were doing it. Did you become a teacher or did you like, cause there's kind of this ladder, right. That you, that you can get into and like, yeah, I was discipling uh, others and uh, you know, sm- you know, small group leader and that, that kind of thing. I uh, went into leadership as a student in the student movements uh, with, with crew at the time in college and enjoyed that and really pushed at that. And then when I got done with college, went into full-time Christian work with crew for a while and then into, Mm -hmm. into Christian radio. So my life has been so much of service for the Lord. That's been my, my job over the years is full-time service for the Lord, which of course, being who I was as a performer, I really gravitated towards that. Mm-hmm. And in, in those days, in the in the 80s, the 90s, there was just a huge push on service, the huge push on the how-tos of the Christian life. You go back and look at the best-selling Christian books, you know, How to Have a Better Marriage, The Seven Steps to Great Parenting, um, Five Ways to Have a Rich, Quiet Time, you know, th- those how-to books. I ate those up. And I went to all the conferences where you take your your notes and you know point one and five subpoints under it and how to do this and so that was I grabbed onto that and I ate it up and it became who I was spiritually though my service for the Lord was uh, really who I was as a as a believer and um, you know I, then I had some struggles in my life it kind of things kind of crumbled when I was in my in my thirties and forties and. Uh, I realized that there wasn't that foundation of a walk mm-hmm. with Christ. And, uh, and that was, that was a learning experience. Yeah. Okay. I want to talk about that, but I want to go back to just a couple of things um, because I think, I think they're important. One is, so you, you mentioned you kind of went into, into Christian ministry, but you didn't expect to go into Christian ministry because you were an athlete and you were a baseball player. And I don't even know what position you played. Where did you play? I was a pitcher, left-handed pitcher. Oh, I was imagining you pitching. Yeah. Okay, good. So maybe you told me that before. So you were a lefty, always need a lefty pitcher. That's yes. Great. Yes. What, 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 what happened? You, you ended up not becoming a, a, a baseball player, but you're planning on like going all the way, right? Yeah. And I played all the way through college at uh, first at Minnesota, then Indiana university. And um, in my freshman year at Minnesota, I was playing intramural softball that we shouldn't have been playing, but uh, <laughs> that's besides the point. And I was on third base and uh, the hitter hit one out left field fly ball. I tagged up on third, ran home as hard as I could, put my shoulder down and ran over the oh, catcher, no. my oh, left no. shoulder, um, because I, I just gave everything I had. And uh, I was I was out. So we only won 11 to two. Um, <laughs> oh, no. it wasn't even a close oh, no. game. Um, oh, no. And it turns out that the uh, catcher was a wrestler on the University of Minnesota wrestling team. So can you imagine? Oh, okay. He, I put my shoulder down. He, he's, he hardly moved. You know, I just went flying over him, I think. And I really messed <sighs> up my shoulder that uh, hurt me for, you know, the rest of my time. I was able to still pitch, but I never was what I could have been. Uh, I had a real hard fastball and uh, I, but I, I always dreamt of playing major league baseball. Mm. I mean, that was like, it was a given. I was going to, I was going to get there. I realized yeah. probably about my junior year, I wasn't going to get there. <laughs> okay. Uh, but why just because of the injury or because of, yeah, the, like, I realized that like... I didn't, um, I wasn't progressing and excelling, getting the opportunities and, 
Mm. I just wasn't, it just wasn't, it just wasn't going to happen. Uh, I still played till I was 40 though. I played uh, adult baseball after I was done. I mean, we're never, we're never done till our body's done, are we? That's right. You played too, right? I, I played as a kid. I played a lot of, uh, outfield staring at the, the dandelions (laughs) (laughs) as a kid. And then when I was younger, I was kind of that charity case. who got to play the three innings, you know, that you were required, Uh (laughs) but then I played third base, like getting up into fifth and sixth grade when I started to get a little more aware of like what was happening. Okay. Why? Yeah. But I love it. I'm a big Cardinals fan. So. Oh, okay. uh, (laughs) Yeah. You got, uh, you got your uh, uh, Albert Pujols just retired with you. Right. I got to see home run number 686 here in Denver. Oh, uh, back in August. That was pretty cool. And then no idea, like thinking there's no way he hits over 700, you know, that was in August. And then by the end of the year, he busted. It was amazing. So. It was amazing. I'm a Dodger fan. We enjoyed having the year before. And of course, yeah, right now right? I'm very depressed. I don't know if I'll get over last year, but <laughs> because <laughs> you guys lost did, oh, did you lose yeah, to... the 111 wins and then lost in our first series uh okay well i'm gonna move on after this but it doesn't matter how many wins you have which okay so we can relate this and make it spiritual right it doesn't yes. matter how how many performances you have right in baseball never forget the cardinals won between 2004 and 2005 205 games right that those those two years 100 and then 105 Lost the world, got swept in the World Series in 2004. Ooh. 2006, Ooh. they had 83 wins, won the whole thing. Why? I don't know. It's just how it goes. Yep. So sometimes God yep. uses some nice babe. <laughs> Whatever. I don't know. I'm, I'm stretching the metaphor. That's a little right. Bit. We're, we're just trying to, we love baseball. We got to build this into some <laughs> spiritual lesson. That's right. I, I love it. It was, but that's what taught me that, yeah, it doesn't really matter uh, what how great you are during the season. You have to get hot at the right time. Um, and you know what? 2011, same kind of thing happened. They kind of squeaked in and then they won the whole thing. Mm. But anyway, so let's go back to you. Cause that's what we're really here for. And I could talk about my love for baseball way too much. So you realized it wasn't going to happen. You decided to go in. How'd you end up in Christian ministry? So it sounds like you kind of gravitated toward it because you, it kind of fit your personality. Yeah. Right? And doing a lot of it in, uh, as a student at Indiana with, mm-hmm. with campus crusade. And I remember the, I decided, uh, God was leading me to be on staff with, with crew at the time. And I didn't know whether to go with athletes in action, which is the sports ministry as in, in discipleship on campus ministry, not competing in any way or to do radio, which I majored in, in college. So I had, both of those got hungered for each, each direction to go and didn't know where God was leading me. So I sitting around with uh, some of the guys in my small group. And I said, I said, I'm, I've got a decision to make. What do you think I should do? And I laid it out athletes in action or radio. And there were two guys there at the time and they both blurted out at the same time with total clarity. One said athletes in action. The other one said radio. They didn't help me. I thought you were going to say they said the exact same thing (laughs) and you were all good to go, but no. Okay. All right. So you were not, this is not good. So I, uh, I picked, uh, I chose radio, but on that path ever since, but have done a lot of sports interviews and sports shows and that kind of thing. So best of best of both worlds. So that's how we ended up in, uh, in radio for really my entire ministry life. Yeah. I love that. Okay. So but you mentioned how this was um, 
you know, really good for you sort of performative wise, because you're doing ministry, right? So you can feel really good about, you know, what you're doing for God. Mm-hmm. And then things started to fall apart. Yeah. I, I, I've had a problem with anger and I'm really doing well in that in the last few years. And um, that had always plagued me. So here I was serving God one moment and just really losing my temper in the next moment, same day. And there was a disconnect there where I could look good and yet, and even think things are, are great between me and Jesus. But on the other hand, it just wasn't playing out in real life. And that, that anger almost destroyed my family. You know, it was a humbling experience. So I was, I was equating, um, well, I was believing a lie that if I'm serving Jesus well, I have a good relationship with him. So I could serve Jesus and look good and even be fulfilled with that. But when I got away from the service for him in my regular life, uh, there was just something missing there, and it showed by by my behavior. Uh, and I think that as as believers, we could be reading our Bible and praying and living obediently and serving at church, even pastoring, serving in ministry, just doing all the right things for God. And yet we cave in because it's there's an emptiness there, a void, because we have not cultivated the relationship with Jesus and we're fooling ourselves. And and then then we blow up. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. Um, yeah, which it really is the case that a relationship with Jesus doesn't, is not actually about all of doing all the things, right? So the way I like to talk about it in the spiritual journey is there, there is a season, which is why I think it's great that you said, yeah, you had mentors and they were showing you the way and you were grateful that they told you how to do a quiet time and how to spend that time in the word because you need it. And there's a time for that. But there's also a time when you outgrow some of those things. And whether that's, you know, I don't know. I'm not saying we don't need the word, but I'm saying that there's a there is a time when it might change or it might shift and become something different. And it sounds like you were discovering that sort of the hard way. Yeah. And and I like you referred to doing those things are not bad. I mean, yeah, we're supposed to read our right. Bible. We're supposed to obey Jesus. We're supposed to be involved in the church, we're supposed to serve him. But we kind of we get the cart before the horse sometimes, and then we get to a point where we go, something's wrong. I've mm-hmm. been a Christian for a long time, and my life with Jesus is worse. I want to recapture the joy of my salvation, and how how did I get to where I am mm-hmm. now? And I, I'm lost. And I think a lot of believers just continue through life like that because we don't have a solution. And I'm committed to helping believers get through that, who are living in performance Christianity to overcome that and to have freedom from that bondage, because it really is a bondage to get and and develop that relationship with Christ. Um, so I don't know if I answered your question, but I had to, no, to throw, throw I think that in there. I think that's great. And I agree. It is a bondage. What grieves me, if I can just complain for a moment, is I don't think most of our American evangelical churches are equipped to take people beyond that stage. Mm. I think the I think the reason this happens to to you and to many people is because our churches don't know what to do. They they can take you so far, but then what happens is you hit the 
you hit this sort of dark night of the soul that I hear you describing going, where, who am I really? And what's God doing? Uh, and then you kind of get spit out of that, that thing, right. Of the, of the wheel that makes the church go round. You're, you're no longer, uh, you know, the hamster running the wheel. Mm-hmm. You're, you're a rock kind of in the gears and that doesn't help. doesn't work. So it spits you out. Um, and that can be really uncomfortable for a lot of people. Did that happen to you or did you like, how did, how did, how did you start handling or going through that season? Well, you know, I'm a, I'm an introvert, so I don't share too much about myself with, with people. And so, and I think a lot of us are that way where if we're not willing to be transparent, how can somebody come alongside and, and pull us out of this? Okay. Right. We, if we're performers, we've learned how to perform well. Yeah. We give all the right right? answers and we do all the, that's an interesting, that's an interesting point, John, because what you're saying is you've learned to perform and it's a protection device. Yes. You're protecting yourself. So that everybody just thinks everything's good and you don't have to worry, answer any of those questions about yourself. My, uh, my point of change came when a friend of mine, Jeff handed me a book and said, this is a good book. You should read it. Um, and it was a book that, you know, with by Sky Jatani, uh, reimagining the way you relate to God. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And so I read that book and was like, oh my gosh, this is, this is just what I need. You know, the, the four wrong ways to relate to God and the one right way I was, my way I was relating to God. I was relating to God for God. I was equating for God, the things I did for him to my relationship with him. And this totally transformed my thinking and it has whole totally shifted my direction. I think this was about seven years ago when he gave me this book and I read it again, I read it again. And I bought a bunch of them and I handed them out and then I didn't have any books. So I finally bought a Kindle so nobody could take that (laughs) and I can go back and, and read it again and again. Amen. So that book is, I recommend that to anybody. I know you do too. I do. I do. I I give it out. I recommend it to folks um, because nobody has put what I think the spiritual life with God better than Sky Jatani in that book. Mm. I think he does He does a great job. We had him on the show and I told him that. And he, he told me he wrote that book in 90 days. Like he just like super fast because he knew kind of what he wanted to say and he just kind of, it came out. And uh, I was really grateful uh, for that. But absolutely, that whole thing, knowing that the, what the life with the Lord is like, this was the thing that I was kind of searching for. I described that on your show. I'll link it in the show notes. You guys want to hear that. But Absolutely. So what was it about that book that you really discovered? Like, Hey, this is, this is what I've been looking for. Well, the whole concept of knowing Christ, that's what jumped out at me. And it led me on a path over really several years. I'm still on it. Um, what it really means to know Christ. So I I had to go back to the beginning over and over again in my, in, in my walk with Christ and relay the foundation and experience this knowing Christ. I ended up writing a number of devotionals on knowing Christ as it relates to joy and faith and courage and encouragement. And um, But they all point back to Jesus, our relationship with Christ. So it's a devotional. It doesn't give you something to do at the end of each day, yes, <laughs> which is what devotionals that. usually do. <laughs> right. Every day points back to Jesus and and your relationship with him. Not that we're supposed to be inward, but we're supposed to have that relationship with him. And so the journey has been 
been great. And I, I love to write. So I've been doing a lot of writing, a lot of journaling. Um, I put together uh, the ministry of Fresh Faith 24-7 to help others experience it because we need to do this together. There, mm-hmm. There's... We're going to be a lone ranger, and we're going to the flame's going to die out. We need we need others who are who have that same passion, that same priority, and who are desperate to know Jesus. And if we're desperate to know Jesus, we do it together. We're going to keep each other accountable. So that's what Fresh Faith twenty four seven is all about. Because I need it, and I know other believers need it. And um, really, everything I do, and I'm still serving the Lord. I mean, I'm heading up the content for Transworld Radio, so there's a lot of serving yeah. going on. At the same time, I got to, I love to spend like, the best thing I do is somebody taught me how to spend a day with the Lord to retreat with the Lord for a day and how to do that. Oh, wow. I don't have the attention. How do you do that? Well, I don't what have do the do? attention span to last a day. So I do half days. <laughs> oh, okay. That's good. What's that? What's that like? But, but that is for me, the key, because we need a reset. Uh, if we're taking little bits of time with Jesus, even a half hour, an hour a day, um, I believe we need more than that. We need to retreat with God. So I, I do that every month, take a half a day, my time's in the morning. Um, and it changes. There's no rules. This isn't, it's, it's like, okay, John, don't perform, but make sure you spend your half day with Jesus. <laughs> you know, so right. it's, there's that, you always have that, that, that stress that. Well, well, but okay, here's the thing. Yes, but what you're doing then is you're actually doing a different discipline. And this is a point that I like to make because um, a lot of times at different stages of the journey, like you, you were taught the discipline of doing your quiet time and that's very important and it's good in those seasons, but you eventually have to learn a new discipline to, to learn scripture, right? You need to learn how to study the Bible inductively and do all those things, but then also you need to learn how to pray the Bible. Mm. Right. And that's a different thing. Mm. You need to learn how to spend time with the Lord on a daily basis, but you need to learn how to get away with him. Jesus did this, right? He would, he'd be gone in the morning and the disciples would be like, where'd he go? Cause he was getting away. Right. Because that was a discipline that he had. And I hear you describing that, right. You just had, you, it's not that you changed the per- performance is that you changed the discipline that you needed in order to nurture your soul. Yes. And that's, that's the mindset It's it's like, okay, what is the goal of it? Well, there really isn't a goal. <laughs> You don't check it off. It's like whatever God wants to have happen. I mean, so I bring the word, I maybe have a Psalm I, I I read through or a proverb, or maybe I've got a, a book of the Bible I'm working through. So I bring that along. Sometimes I put on my headphones and I need like an hour and a half of just worship music to reset myself. And I, it's a reset. It's a cleansing. It's a, okay, just inhale, exhale, inhale, exhale, and see where God takes it. Journaling is always a part of it. So I've got pads of paper mm-hmm. I've been writing on, and I may mm. come out with a plan for my next few months of of life. I may just come out uh, with a prayer of crying out to God. There was, it's just me and Jesus just enjoying our time together. There was one time that I said, okay, friendship with Jesus is really important. So I'm just going to show Jesus around to some of my favorite places. So we went on a bike ride together. Uh, we go. went over to McDonald's, like to visit that for my diet Coke. Uh, we went on a path I like to walk on. And so I talked with him, I showed him around and <laughs> it may sound crazy, but that's the type of mindset. It's like, there's no rules. You just get together with him like a friend and you enjoy him and you listen to him and you cry out and confess your sin um, you praise him, 
every time is different. Uh, but I say that half day is what really resets me so I can live in relationship with him and get to know him. Yeah. I love that. What have you learned? So you went through this kind of dark um, night of the soul and kind of yearning to know yourself, you know, know God differently, know Jesus differently. What have you learned about yourself having gone through that experience? What identities has God taken from you and what has he given you? Hmm. The two things that come that hit me are um, rhythm and pace. God keeps bringing those into my my mind is uh, we all have rhythms in our life. Uh, we got annual rhythms. We got monthly, weekly, uh, daily, you know, things we do on a regular basis. We have a rhythm. And I, I just feel like uh, spiritually we need to have a rhythm too. So I'm still exploring that, but I'm learning about that. Uh, we, we need as people, this is John Fugler's philosophy. <laughs> we need yeah. as people uh, regularity. And we do need rhythm in our lives. I mean, God created this world, so it has rhythm, sunrise, sunset, the seasons, those mm -hmm. kinds of things. There's, there's rhythm to it. And there's a safety if we have rhythm in life. Otherwise, we're just going to be bounced around or be anxious. We're going to be fearful. We're going to get sick. We won't sleep. But we need rhythm in our life. And so I'm learning about proper rhythm. And the second yeah. thing is pace. I get to go in too fast. And so I'm learning how yeah. to rest and all that to take all that, that stuff, you know? Okay. I'm going to make you make that personal. Okay. So, because th those things needing to understand rhythm and needing to understand pace tells me something about you, but what does it tell you about you? Hmm. Uh, that I go too fast. Uh huh. Um, Why? And, and that I, uh, I love, I love new things. I love to do things. I, you know, I love to create content and I love to uh, just I, I'm a pioneer. So all these things relate to the churn, the doing rather than the relating. Yeah. So you've learned that you have to slow down and to, and to real, to really experience God. Yeah. That you, yeah. So you're learning Sabbath really. And that's, that was a big part of it too. So Sundays I don't do any work. And I've got a lot of work to do, so I don't work. <laughs> and, Is that hard? <laughs> um, no, and I, I really want to spend more time with the Lord on Sundays. I mean, you know, we go to church, and then it's the afternoon if I can if I can really rest. During football season, Sundays were hard because I was a big San Diego Chargers fan. Uh, but since they moved to L.A., I've disowned them. And Sundays are a whole lot more <laughs> relaxing now. <laughs> That's good. Last few years. Um, uh, but you know, I did that too, actually. I, I, because Denver, you know, is, is like a whole, it's a Broncos town. Yes. Right? It's yes. very, partly they've stunk since Peyton Manning left. And partly I just kind of gave up because I, the refs make me so mad. They spend, they have more impact on the game than the players do. It's so irritating. So I'm just going to stick to baseball, but, uh, for the same thing, but I had the same thing where I was like, oh yeah, you know what? Actually I like Sundays a lot better now. It is. Um, so I will, um, maybe exercise. I try to read. Um, I just slow down the pace and it's part of the pace mm. and rhythm because the rhythm is once a week and the pace is a slower pace. And I cast aside work. Um, yeah. I should cast aside my phone too. That would really slow the pace. <laughs> right. Working on that. <laughs> yeah, no, you're not wrong. That is definitely a thing that, uh, that can happen. Okay. So 
I'm yeah, I'm really interested in that. So you've learned that you have to s- slow down and that you have to not, which I get in retrospect, it makes perfect sense that the solution for a performance based faith is rest, right? That's one of those things that God, that God has given us in order to remind us that it's not all about us or what we do, that we have to depend on him. Mm. How, how do you depend on the Lord differently today? Well, um, I'll just, let me just back up a little bit because, you know, rest is important, but I believe that the secret to life is knowing Christ, period. The secret to life is knowing Christ. And so, uh, you know, Paul said, uh, when he said, what is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. That was his passion in life. That was his objective. Now, Paul Paul was a performer. Paul did a lot of stuff. I mean, the guy accomplished a lot. So yet Paul's passion was to know Christ. And we see what everything he's done as a missionary, but knowing Christ was really his passion. He said, I want to know Christ, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings. So if Paul's passion was to know Christ, I really think that's the secret to life. So for me, to spend time knowing Christ is what it's about. And that really brings yeah. about the life change. Slowing down creates the environment, but what are we going to do in that environment? And that is that is knowing Christ. I, one year I went through, I think it was the Gospel of John, either Luke or John when I did this, and I said, okay, I'm just going to go through this Gospel this year and look at Jesus and really stop and think about the environment he was in, think about the relationships, what would he be maybe thinking at this time if I was looking at him? So kind of walk alongside him to try to get to know him a little bit better that way. And that was, that was a fun exercise. But the whole thing of, of knowing Christ is, is where I am right now, and I'm wrapped up in mm. that. Um, and the, uh, the result has been joy and peace um, rest. Well, okay. I wanted to ask you about that actually, because you mentioned earlier, like you were really angry and you weren't sure uh, maybe why did did you get to the bottom of that? Have you found something different in, in Christ? I think slowing down has helped and, um, really, uh, Jesus has changed me. The Holy spirit has changed me as I have redirected my life towards Jesus you know, Jesus, Lord and Savior, Jesus, and not towards service. Um, and yeah. so I, I can't say that it's it's what I did. No, it's not. It was it was pretty amazing. The the more I uh the more I do develop this relationship with Jesus, the more that diminishes. Um, I mean, a couple of things that I did is I realized that I would um be like a balloon, you know, where the balloon would you'd fill it up with air slowly, slowly, slowly. And that was me. And all of a sudden, you, then you put the pin in and it explodes. Well, it just took one thing for me to explode, but it had been building up and I didn't realize that that had been building oh, up. Yeah. And then another because, thing is I realized that um, I, I asked myself, because I would get upset about the smallest things. And so I'd scale it. I'd say, okay, on a scale of one to 10, what is this? You know, And most of them were, you know, 10 of it be life-threatening and most of them are like yeah, yeah. ones and twos. So I put it back in perspective and I didn't get upset about it. Okay. Gotcha. 
Yeah, it sounds like you were just really stressed and you were you were kind of over over stretched too thin and you needed to go, okay, God's God's calling me to rest and relax. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm still pretty active, so <laughs> well you are, and it's part of who you are, right? Yeah. But but to learn, I just love that story. I love the story of you learning the the discipline of it really is Sabbath, whether whether it's a day or every week, they're the same principle. Uh, and how that's changed your whole your whole relationship with the Lord—that's kind mm-hmm. of amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it's yeah, it's been a it's been a good ride um, in learning, but uh, I just you know, have to keep coming back to that time with Jesus is yeah. most important. And really spend wow. time with them to know them. I love that. Okay. So now you're, now you're helping others do that with Fresh Faith 24 seven. Tell me about that. Yeah. Um, Fresh Faith 24 seven was, was birthed out of, uh, I, I began to write devotionals. And so there's content, video content inside Fresh Faith 24 seven that centers somebody back into that relationship with Christ. It all points to knowing Christ and relationship with Christ. But one of the keys in, in fresh faith 24 seven is um, what I call the freedom path training, how to move from performance to the freedom of knowing Christ. And I take uh, our members through a, a series of, of videos of training about, uh, I think it's about 30 of them in the, in there, but that really is the, that's the core. You, I encourage our members to go through that first before you do anything else, because this is directly applicable to performance Christianity and how to break free from that, how to identify the problem, uh, the triggers in your life. Maybe there's some other things involved as well, how to uh, get through those obstacles, overcome the obstacles, um, how to, uh, once you discover what the problem is, how do you be part of solving that problem? And then, if you get off the performance path, how do you stay off of it? <laughs> you know, we just, yeah. it's, it's habit. It's over time. So we walk through that in this series. Um, and that's, that's really key. That's designed us specifically for those who are going through the problem of performance Christianity. And then the, the other content resources in there uh, really feed the knowing Christ journey that we're on. And we got community. Uh, I do live devotions, um, and so there's, uh, other resources in there that all really help those who are purposeful to knowing Christ and escaping performance, Christianity, learning to live that lifestyle, develop the habits, the rhythms. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. And I, it's a pleasure to just kind of help support you in that because I believe we need more of it. And the, the church, like I said, doesn't always isn't always set up for that. And so I think it's going to take people like you and I sharing content, sharing Mm -hmm. our stories to actually point the way and say, Hey, this is where, this is where you go when you're ready to step into something new. Right. Yeah. Well, thank you, Eric. And I I really do appreciate what you're doing. You've been going at this long time and I know it's a passion of yours in the spiritual formation and really getting below the surface into our, that personal uh, walk with Christ and the heart walk. Um, so it's good to have, uh, 
somebody else on this road and, and leading the charge as well. Yeah. Well, fortunately, I think we're not as alone as it feels sometimes, which is great. There's a lot of people wrestling with these things. I think the key is how do you stay on the straight and narrow as it were without, for lack of a better phrase, right? Because it's easy to go into all these different divergent paths. Yes. And uh, <laughs> I want to stay close to Jesus, right? <laughs> we like new stuff. You know, one of the things that I've put together that, uh, your listeners can grab is a, a spiritual self-assessment. So we're talking about not something to score your relationship with Jesus, but something to show you some indicators of in your relationship with him, what kind of leanings do you have? And so this takes three minutes to complete. And then I ask some questions, uh, follow-up questions, uh, so you can analyze your findings. Uh, so it's a, a free spiritual self-assessment that you can pick up at freshfaith247.com. And that's That'll show you, it'll, it'll show you pretty clearly where you stand in your relationship with Jesus. I love that. That's fantastic. All right. Your podcast is Overcoming Performance Christianity. Yep. And so friends, you're in the app. Just flip over there. If what John is saying resonates with you, if you feel like, oh, I've been doing this for a long time, uh, flip over in the app and just search it up. Overcoming Performance Christianity. The website is freshfaith247.com. Um, and you have, you, did you, you're a writer too, right? You have books that mm-hmm. I'm not mentioning. What, tell, tell us about those. Um, I have a devotional series called uh, Your Life with God, 30-Day Devotionals. I feel somebody goes through uh, each of these topics for 30 days, you know, faith, courage, joy. They'll start to be ingrained in their life. The Holy Spirit will, will do a work. So those are, you can get those at Amazon. And then I'm about to release a book that... Um, is uh, really dives into some of the things we talked about today uh, and about overcoming performance Christianity, about knowing Christ and really digging into more detail on what knowing Christ is all about and how can I practice that and all some exercises in there that can be done. So uh, that's coming out in in days, in days, coming to Excellent. your home. <laughs> I love it. Guys, go go get it. If what John's saying is resonating with you, pick it up. Don't hesitate. Uh, maybe the Lord's leading you to something fresh as well. I love it. John, thanks so much for being here. Once again, freshfaith247.com. Uh, is there anything you want to leave us with? The secret to life is knowing Christ. Amen. I couldn't. How do you add to that, right? That, thanks a lot, John. I appreciate it. Thanks for being here. Thank you. Thank you.